Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we've moved through the eclipse season. It was a pretty big happening in the cosmos. What did you notice highlighted in your life? What about the struggles, the shifts, the darkness, the light? Many aspects were also happening as well, like the planet Uranus that likes to break up stagnant energy. It helps to align you to break up the old energy you're carrying around. As the eclipse energy begins to settle down, notice for yourself how things can look and be different for you. Small shifts equal bigger shifts in the long run. Tune in to your daily practice to ground your body and energetic field as you navigate these immense changes in your energy field. This is the time to know your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit. It is so valuable right now. And that's where the rights come in to help you move through all this stuff, all these shifts. Rights being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can help add inspiration, amusement, and joy. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me or catch the replay. As we move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an Akashic Energy Intensive session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with your soul, your energy body, it helps to release the old patterns that I've been talking about and all that old stuff you're carrying around. When you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you're a strong, passionate person who's ready to take charge of your life and let go of the stories running around inside of your head, let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. Side effects, yes. You may see yourself as you really are, speaking up, voicing your ideas, being strong in your boundaries, excelling in your life. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. Come experience different energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy. Come raise your vibration and release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Are you using your energy in a productive manner? Are you finding yourself drained, tired, procrastinating, depressed, or perhaps even fearful on how to move forward? Schedule a monetize your energy call with me and let's look at the three things draining your energy and the number one thing you can do right now. Links are in the show notes. 
In today's episode, I speak with Dr. Nancy Wiley, who is the author of Divine Trust, a practical guide to end your suffering and find your way home. In this episode, we talk about trust, the Parkland shootings in Florida, shock, death, deeper purpose, meditation, divine guidance, evolutional purpose, treasured souls, eye for eye, profound healing, the Ho'oponopono, spiritual bypassing, holding space, Reiki, and embodying the practice. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause and center and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Let us begin by taking a nice big inhale, bringing the breath up the body. And exhale all the way back down, centering, slowing down. Inhale, expanding the breath back up the body. And as you exhale, call in your energy. Call in your spirit. Feel this presence of energy coming right in front of you, aligning with your energy. Inhale, breathing back up the body. Exhale, dropping into the heart. Right into the very center of the heart. Feel that connection that you have with your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved and protected feeling all this energy coming in around you. So we take this moment to honor your path. Here we are in this hemisphere in the season of fall. As I teach in the medicine wheel in the direction of the west. The west is where the sun sets each and every day. Take a moment. Pause. See those beautiful colors of crimson and gold coming in for you. Notice your own life right now. This direction and this season reminds us of the cycles of life. As we notice the leaves falling and returning to the earth, yes, we let go. We tend to the struggles and the cycles within our own life, offering gratitude for Mother Earth and all the many things she brings us. Calling in the directions for guidance and protection to the west, the north, the east, and the south above us, below us, right into the very center, feeling into your heart, setting an intention to where you are right now. Allow these elevated emotions of these intentions of how you want to feel, the joy, the peace, the love, the light, and let it radiate out all around you. Setting that energy, holding that vibration, feeling your heart, Aligning the third eye, illuminating your path, exhaling all the way down deep into the earth, grounding, centering, starting to bring the awareness back, blinking the eyes open, coming back.
So my guest today, Dr. Nancy Wiley, spent 27 years building a highly successful orthodontics practice in Florida. It was a school tragedy in Parkland that spurred her to feel the time was right to create and bring through divine trust. With the loss of one of her own parents and the sorrow of so many around her, she felt introducing divine trust would be a path to healing for many. From direct experience, she is now absolutely certain that there is a divine presence that wants everyone to know it and trust it. For the past eight years, she has been enrolled in the inner circle of a comprehensive program called Your Year of Miracles, where she became clear that her divine assignment was to assist others in opening to the state of trust in the divine, as she has done. In her new book, Divine Trust, A Practical Guide to End Your Suffering and Find Your Way Home, she lays out a blueprint that anyone can easily follow to achieve this incredible state of divine bliss and trust for themselves and thereby achieve freedom for suffering. Dr. Nancy Riley now dictates herself to igniting a massive shift in human consciousness using divine trust as the cornerstone. So let us welcome Dr. Nancy Wiley to the show. Welcome, Dr. Nancy. Hi, Terry. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to see where we go. <laughs> I know. And as we were talking before we hit record, we have so many things in common. I love that. So yes, I know this is going to be a great conversation. And congratulations on your book, yeah. Divine Trust, A Practical Guide to End Your Suffering <laughs> and Find Your Way Home. How awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm not a writer. I'm a scientist. So when that came through me, I was like, wow. So I don't know how a came. scientist and a spiritualist. We got you both. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Definitely. So I'd like to start the conversation by asking this question. What led you to write this book at this time? Mm, that's very profound. So um, I, I was practicing orthodontist on the Parkland Coral Springs border. And my mom had just passed me. I had just had her funeral five days the Friday before the Parkland shooting um, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. And after her death, I was her baby and closest to her. We became Reiki masters together. We we embarked. She taught me, um, took me to learn meditation when I was 16. She was like, go mom. <laughs> she was so mind broadening and expanding. She, she was fantastic. She was actually an English professor, teacher, and then professor. And um you know, we would laugh that math and science was my strongest forte and writing was not. So <laughs> for her, she had already passed when I wrote the book. But anyways, she... So maybe a little of yeah, her came I'll, flying into you. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, she was definitely with me through the whole thing. But um, so she passed and my father, my sister, my brother were all suffering. And I had realized at that point, that wow, me the closest to her and I'm not suffering. I, I trust, I trust what happens with such a profound, in such a profound way that I, I know without a doubt, there's no hair out of, out of alignment, out of space. So I, I can see that her death was, was just as it should be at the right time in the right way for her. So I did not suffer. So um, five days later, I'm working in my clinic about a mile and a half from Marjorie Stillman Douglas High, and it's in the afternoon, and a mom standing next to me gets an alert on her phone, and she like blurts out, oh my God, there's an active shooter at Douglas, and we all go, because you know, you don't know, is it a prank, is it whatever it is, and then 
seconds later, we hear helicopters and sirens. And it was so profound in our neighborhood that all the parents tried to jump in their cars to drive there. They created gridlock. So no one was moving. So Mm -hmm. they just abandoned all their cars. They just pulled them halfway up. So there was only, instead of two lanes, there was only one lane you could drive was drivable. And then they walked the rest of the way, you know, trying to Mm -hmm. find where their team was. So, um, by five o'clock the next morning, we realized we lost a patient and one of our, my, my, um, assistants lost her sister. Mm. And beyond that, the whole, we were all in shock. Everybody was in shock and you on your path, you know, that you can still be taken down. So here I just was saying just moments before this happened. Wow. I handled my mom's death so well. I'm, I'm embodiment of trust. And then this happens. So of course I went to, you know, funeral after funeral and, and um, candlelight vigils and tried to support everyone. And for five days, I felt like I was losing energy and going back down the hole. So I'm like, I gotta, I have no help to anyone this way. I know there's a deeper purpose, but let me go back in. And so I went into this deep, profound meditation. And it was about five days after the shooting. And I came out with answers and a recommitment or reaffirmation to me because it came, you know, I extend trust out and then it shows me things. So it showed me why this happened, how it's got an evolutionary purpose to change the whole of humanity. And all those people that, that those 17 are actually treasured souls that came here to, to empower us to change all of humanity, not just our city or our country, but the whole planet, the whole world and all of, you know, into infinity. But it wasn't being taken that way. And it's still not being taken this way. It's being taken as like an eye for an eye. And, you know, I got there's so much more profound things that we need to do to change. And have you ever heard of the practice Ho'oponopono? Yes, I use all it all the time, time in my Akashic Records work. Oh yeah, forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to kind of jump in there for a moment because this brings up lots of questions. I mean, I totally get it. I was in New York during 9-11, and the only way I could really even justify that was to understand how many souls had lost their life to mm-hmm. create this transition, to create this like just shift in consciousness. But there's still underneath it, there still is a lot of suffering and pain, especially for those that had lost right. somebody in there. And so that energy too, even though we know there could possibly be a higher purpose, we can't really um, just like scoot through that either. So really working through that, and I guess that's where the suggestion of the Ho'oponopono comes in for you, is just really bringing in some forgiveness for what happened mm-hmm. and helping to... No, it, it's not, it's not, it's me taking, res- re- there's only one way we can be of assistance right now. I tried to go give therapy. I donated my service in Parkland. I sat there for six days six days in, in um, a consecutive Thursdays of that five people were signed up for a course I was giving for free. And I got Parkland to donate a room for free and five people signed up and only one person showed up one day. The rest did not. Mm. 
Why? Because they're not ready. So then what can I do as one individual? I can hold this case. Yeah, but I think they're not ready because there's still so much suffering and pain, oh, Nancy. I feel true. like there has to be that understanding. Yes. First and foremost, let's process energy. I yes. mean, the topic of spiritual bypassing is very big right now. So we don't want to jump through it. We want to use the tools and bring it forward and know that there is a bigger purpose, but not just jump right through it. That's kind of where I'm going. So what I do is I take full consciousness, full light, Okay, I had it shown for me and my light is now on so bright that literally anything can come into my awareness and all I have to do is take it in, accept it, look at it, be with it for in the full light, not try to run from it, not try to negate it, not try to, you know, alcohol or drug my way out of it. It's to be with it. Now, it takes very much skill, experience, and knowledge to do this, but it's to stand in that. Yes, and that's actually my point of what I was trying to go yeah. there, because I don't want people listening to think like, oh, we're just going to jump no. right over to higher power. No, we have to sit with the energy. We have to go through some of the suffering, the tears, the understanding, the compassion, whether we lost somebody mm -hmm. or not. Yeah, so I think that's the important part right there for everyone to hear is that, yes, there is that process, which is part of what we're talking about absolutely. right now. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I'm here with my light on to hold it. And if I just have to be the one holding space for everyone right now, I would go on my lunch hours and just give Reiki to the whole the whole city. I went to the original um, with you site of where the <laughs> original um, candlelight um, memorial was. And I just sit there myself and I give Reiki to the whole city. Sometimes, you know, when I, I just finished this course, right, where I was doing a masterclass to teach, you know, why it's called big things happen to big souls. This is where no one showed up. The first day, one person showed up and I was a little bit, mm. second day I was there, no one showed up. And I sat there and I went really negative. Like I went into this huge self doubt. Third day I went and, and I could hear my spirit guide saying, well, we're testing you to see how, how grounded you are, how committed you are, how you're going to persevere. But they were almost late about it. They were kind of having fun with me. So third day I sat there and I'm like, okay, no one's here. I'm going to be here and I'm going to love myself through this. And I'm going to stand in this light with my full light blazing in this knowledge. If I'm the only one here, I'm okay with that because it's at least I'm here. I'm here holding space. So I would give my course to no one. I would record it and I will sell that. But, um, well, I hear you on that and I applaud you for that because I 100% have been there many times <laughs> where I'm the one holding space. I'm the one showing up. I want to give Reiki to everybody I meet. So I'm definitely there with you on that. I feel like, you know, I was teaching a Reiki class yesterday. And I'm like, see, everybody's like, oh my God, it's amazing. Amazing. Like, see, I, I don't get it. Why doesn't everybody want to learn this? People have to be yes. ready. I don't have that yeah. answer. I really don't. But I do thank you for holding that space for people. And, you know, when 9-11 happened in New York, that's when I took my vow to humanity that I was going to help raise 
consciousness around us. So that was a very big, important time for me. And that's been now how many years, right? (laughs) And people still don't want to wake up in here. I mean, you know, people have to be ready, but I do applaud you for holding that space. And I know that that was pretty tragic for you guys down there. Kind of like Sandy Hook, right? I imagine that's how you met the Ortners we had talked about before we started recording, right? And all that they did. No, that's not how I met them, but um, I I met them years before the shooting. Okay. Yeah, they were big and instrumental in Sandy Hook and helping with the schools and really working with that. And sometimes I think people will embrace that kind of modality, the emotional freedom technique, because there is so much Mm -hmm. science. And I think sometimes when we talk about the work we do, spirituality, divine trust, you know, and let's get into Mm -hmm. that a little bit. People kind of go, oh, that's woo or oh, I have my religion, but we're really not talking religion at all. And we are talking about something that even though you can't see it, doesn't make it any less important. It's very real in the scope of energy field and energy work. So let's talk a little bit about your book and what you do discuss in there, even starting with the idea of, and I love this because I kind of do this all the time too, like how do you define divine trust? How do you work with that? Um, It's the firm belief in the reliability, strength, or truth of a thing. In this case, it's God, source, the universe, whatever you want to say. Now that implies it's faith-based. And at first it is, you, you have to, you, you almost have to use a trailblazer or a guide. So that would be you and me. And I had my teacher, Jed O'Malley was my primary teacher for this. And so you, um, you're shown how to come into the present moment and how to log on to source. So I literally see the face of God every day. I wake up acknowledging, surrendering to it and being the vehicle through which it flows So um, that's the first way you first have to want it, decide you're going to do it. And then you have to allow, and then it takes you extending trust out first. And then when you, once you see it, you see it, it floods into your whole being. And then you're, you're never, um, you're never reaching out in blind faith again, because you know it there, you've already connected to it. You know, it's there. It's always there. So it just takes coming into the present moment being shown how to see it where it is it's right there it's when you close your eyes and you come into the present moment through your breath with with what you just brought us through in your introduction i was already there seeing the face of god communing communicating to it letting my vehicles be surrendered to do its work so um did i answer your question because i don't um (laughs) <laughs> yes, you did. And you answered it in a, in a great way. Yes, because having that, having the ability mm-hmm. to have that firm belief, to really believe and show up. And I also believe there's a little discipline with that. And you know what? I'll be perfectly honest. I have been through most recently, especially after my mom died. You know, I lost my mom. I'd never really grieved for my dad because I was taking care of my mom. And now here I am in Birmingham. No, not my family here anymore. You know, my children and all. And, and like grief was big. And then I went into COVID and I went into a huge dark night of the soul. I've talked about it many times on the podcast. And there were times when, yeah, finding myself on the floor going, where is that trust? Where is that faith? Like, how do you really answer that kind of question? Mm, that's beautiful because sometimes I'm like, no, where are you? I'm, I'm looking for it. The <laughs> more too. you do that, the more elusive it gets. Cause you're actually giving it, you're, you're telling it that you believe you just have to relax and allow and trust you, you. It literally takes us extending out trust first and you have to do it every time to log back on. And then it floods in. It's like, here I am. Here I am. I'm right here all along. I've always been here. 
I've never left you. Your consciousness has left me and I'm trustworthy. So more than any human being, more than any government, more than any anything, this source. It's definitely more than any government. <laughs> this source is always there, reliable, loving you, supporting you, giving you giving you everything you have, beating your heart. I mean, it's just so exquisite. And I agree with that. I definitely agree because this is, you know, the work I've been doing for the last 25 plus years, I guess. Yeah, since 40, 65, 25 years. Yeah. When I took that vow and when I changed my life. So I definitely agree with you. But most humans, yeah. <laughs> most people walking around this way don't quite agree with that. How would you kind of look at that topic? Like, how do you, how do most people show up? I mean, you experienced it because here you're offering this amazing class for people that are really grieving. And then what happens? One person, two people, you like nobody, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So that's definitely a big key to that answer, right? Yeah. But what I found is I had to be the light myself. I had. Right. You, so here, just visualize yourself planting your two feet firmly on this earth and you taking your stand for love and light, no matter what. You know what you know. I know what I know. And there's going to be people that don't want to, that not aren't ready or that they want what we want. But we've spent, I've spent 45 or 47 years now meditating. I spent, I've been to thousands of different teachers and courses and retreats and read books and that's all I ever do is read stuff like this. I don't read novels. I read how to be the best human being I can be, right? I read all about self-actualization. So I'm taking the stand. I have to be that light. And I don't think it matters because in essence, if you've ever reached unity consciousness, you and you alone are everything. So if you- Yeah, care, and I agree, but most people don't see it that way. Let's be real. This is a busy world. People are running around and it's much easier. Come on. You got to agree with this much easier to fling the energy everywhere yes. else. That's what we're up against. Yes, it is. What that's what we're up against. People don't want to slow down. Right. Right. Society isn't pushing us that. And that's coming a lot from, you know, like big pharma and the way that we run around and corporations. And you would think we'd learn something from COVID. I am not so sure. The world is speeding back up wait, just like it was wait, before. Wait, 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 wait. But you're missing out too. This is the time where there's most people learning yoga, meditation, mindfulness. They're they're doing all of these. There's this whole you know it. We're going through this. I do know it. Shit. I'm just trying to look at both sides and see how you answer this question. Okay. Because why didn't why didn't 100 people show up? I get very frustrated with this myself, Nancy. I really yeah. do. And so I'm just looking at how you deal with that in terms of keeping the faith. I'm right there with you. You're preaching to the choir. I 100% understand what you're saying. But for a lot of the listeners out there that are just a little bit starting to seek, like, what does it take? Okay. This is perfect, perfect, perfect segue. There are two ways. As a scientist, okay, I am taught to come from that left brain, to grow your left brain. If you cannot see it or prove it in scientific facts, it is not real, right? But then you have the quantum physics no. side of that, <laughs> right? And so, you know, I, I was taught that. That takes you out of your right brain. But here I was also at the same time as developing these critical thought processes. And I have six advanced degrees, three from Columbia University, okay? 
that's a lot of science. But I was also meditating, like through my final, I, I would meditate every day, but through final exams, that's all I would do. I wouldn't sleep. I would just meditate to get through. So anyways, developing. So yeah, you're working with brain consciousness. I love it. Okay. I love it. Do you know how many times people say to me, oh, I don't have time to take your course? Yeah. It's going to give you more time, right. more focus. Right. Yes. Anyway, I didn't mean so, to go ahead. Anyway, yeah. so there's there's two ways of being. 98% come from this, this mental outlook. It's really using our rudimentary reptilian brain survival. That's where we're running around. And if you relate it to the chakras, it's living in the first three chakras, usually in the first more than any of them, which is, you know, survival mode right? Struggling then, in the first. Yeah. Then there's coming from the present moment. You're out of your mind. You're not in your mind. You're not in the past or anxiety, depression, um, fear. You're not projecting it onto the future. You're in the present moment. Everything's okay. And when you slow down and you just take a breath, that starts to change the whole, it starts to shift everything. And once you stay there enough and you see it and you have a good guide, you really need a guide because I, I tried transcendental meditation with no guides for like 25 years, a quarter of a second. Yeah, I learned transcendental meditation in the 70s in Birmingham. Oh my God. God. I mean, it was like thumb, thumb twiddling. When is the peak experience going to happen? Then I went to Holosync, which is brainwave entrainment, another eight years of thumb twiddling. And then I found my teacher, um, Jetta Molly, who was by far the most advanced being I've ever come across on the planet. So that's saying a lot. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of things here that we can talk about. One, everybody has to find what resonates. Everybody has yeah. to be willing to do it. Right. But I, but I think the thing to kind of really mention here too, is the openness to hear, mm -hmm. to hear this conversation, to understand that we all can tap into this part of us that hasn't really been taught. You know, and everybody blows it off as, oh, it's just woo. And the minute they hear woo, their mind shuts down. But that's the part that has to change. You know, and I never really meant like, oh, no, I don't talk woo. I, or, let's just talk about it. You want to call it woo? Let's call it woo. But the truth is, when you embody the practice, you know this from Reiki, right? We could talk about Reiki all day long. We could talk about mindfulness all day long. But until you actually sit still, run some Reiki on yourself, will you even understand what that means? And then that's where the aha comes. Yeah. 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 And my science mind goes to, well, you know, quantum physics explains yeah, everything. It does. It yeah. does. It's it explains everything. And then it takes the woo right out of right. it. Right. I agree. Science. I remember when What the Bleep <laughs> came out and I've actually had them on the podcast too. But yeah, it was like showing us in, in video how that quantum physics works. And it, it's so true. It really mm -hmm. explains everything. And I'm like, yeah, I already knew this. This is just explaining what I already know. <laughs> and I do believe it. And I can really appreciate your enthusiasm and your spirit and your trust. And I do think that people like you and me, we are needed in the world right now and being able to help those that are in the grief, that are in the trauma, that are in the stress and struggle, find these techniques to really mm -hmm. do this. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things too, that, you know, because of the title of your book, Divine Trust, how do you kind of make that difference between calling it faith-based, as you talked about in the beginning and calling it religion? Like, where do you fall into that idea? Um, it's, it actually is unifying. It, it goes across all 
all the different religions and even atheism. I mean, you don't have to believe in God to experience that. You don't have to be believe in God to experience Reiki, wouldn't you? Right, exactly, is what we teach, right? Yeah. So it's um, it's really unifying. I believe in dropping labels. I don't believe in labels. I don't like labels because <laughs> it yeah. fixates your mind. I think unification, where where we live in this unified and and we see so much more. My my husband's like, well, I just can't think. Like you and I'm like, honey, it's okay. We're going to be different, and that I accept you for who you are, and you accept me for who I am, and you allow me to be everything I can be because I know that I'm here to be the light. Yeah, I agree, and I love the way you started about talking, even just like all the many names for the divine, mm-hmm. you know. And I know for a long time now. Granted, I was raised Jewish in the South, left, went off to New York, came back an interfaith minister of spiritual counseling. People are like, what the heck is that, right? <laughs> and so I know even for myself to say God, right? Taught God in a temple. You couldn't even say God. It was Adonai, Elohim, right? Mm-hmm. We couldn't even really say it. You couldn't even spell it out. So it's like that word came for me, like it had its own meanings. Mm-hmm. Yet I can talk about creator. I could talk about source or I could talk about spirit. And so I love that you really start off just really saying like, these are all the same thing. And it helps to open up. And to me, spirituality is what we're talking about. Spirituality opens up the energy to be very inclusive of everyone while it pulls that source right into you. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yes, it does. Yeah. I, I yeah. totally agree with the way you sum- summarize that. Yeah, I really think it's important that people do find the words that resonate with them. And we are all talking about it. As an interfaith minister studying in New York, like all as I found, all religions came from spirituality. They all came from one source and they just Mm -hmm. kind of broke down and man did his thing on it and did Mm -hmm. a number on it. I'll tell you that much, (laughs) especially right now in the South. I mean, there's so much controversy going on with all the transgender and all the sexuality and well, my church isn't going to welcome that and I can't do what I need to do. It's like, do you really think God wanted you to be bad? Come on, because you express the truth of who you are. So yeah, I'm a little fired up over that one lately too. It's like, no, like we have this beautiful source of energy. And as you call it, that divine trust is mm-hmm. is really, I do agree with you, what we need right now in order to move through the troublesome ideas. And you know what? Like, you know, as we talk about, like I'm on this new trajectory of, of switching my life up and leaving mm. Birmingham. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I really mm. don't. But Fun. it is exactly that divine trust. Yes. I put it out there one little step at a time. I keep working to the goal. And there are days when I'm like, oh gosh, my life is blah, blah, blah. Okay, no, let's come back to that divine source. Let's come back to that divine trust that is going to take me where I need to go. I do believe that is what you mentioned. Yes, but can I just, it takes me two minutes to go on. I started at the very beginning of our interview, you know, how did the book come out? And I told you I was working when the, when the shooting happened. So I realized after that five days, when I went into meditation, I no longer suffer. I have something I can give them, teach them. So um, what I did was at the same exact time, my back started giving me major issues. I found out I had 17 bulging discs and four frank herniations. And whenever I was leaning over the patients, it was actually making things worse and excruciating pain in Reiki wasn't helping it. So I knew I trusted, okay, there's a reason I would never leave doing something. I love so much. There's this divine hand pushing me out. I listened to it. So what did I do? I put my practice up for sale. It sold like that to a great friend. I mean, you could not have put in the synchronicities that went into the sale of my practice. It sold. I left out and, um, it, it actually I left out in 2020, right in the middle of COVID. 
but I had nothing to go to, no visible means of income. I just was trusting. So this is for you when you're doing what you're doing. I'm like, I don't know, God, I don't know why you're having me do this. I just know you're, I'm to do something else. Okay. So I timed it with the retreat for your year miracles. And four days after I literally, the last day of my practice, I went into a, um, a month of where I rented a house on the beach and I timed it with the four day retreat for your year miracles. And we had to do the intention. So I said, God, please, my, um, I, I put out for my intention that I get my next divine assignment, whatever reason it is that you wanted me out of here. I know there's a reason. I don't know what it is yet. I just walked out like off a cliff, almost Terry and into this, this month long, um, retreat. So the first day of the the retreat, I heard in a process, you're going to write a book on trust. And I'm like, I'm not a writer. I'm a scientist. I, writing is my weakest point. How can you, how can you ask me to, to write a book on trust? I'm like, where is that coming from? Okay. Second day, different process, different meditation. I heard you embody trust. We've worked with you. We know you embody it. And this is your next divine assignment. You're going to write a book on trust. I'm like, okay, I better not argue. Third day, heard nothing, but I trusted. I trusted him when I heard. Fourth day, boy, did I hear another process. I heard, these are your chapters. Get up and write this outline down. And I did. And then the book wrote itself in five days. Yeah, awesome. Definitely awesome. Yeah. And I did want to take a moment and just comment on the cover. If you could talk a little bit about the cover, the beautiful photograph. Oh my gosh. I'm going to hold it up because this is the canary date that is outside right in front of my front yard. Yeah. Beautiful colors, mm, palm tree, the light coming from behind. There was a fog. I woke up because I had um, fallen and fractured my ligaments hundred percent. And I had to go to the doctor. And the only time could get me in, it was like six o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning. So I got up and it was January. It was foggy and the sun was rising right behind that canary date, just like that. Perfect. And I'm, I've lived here 17 years. I've never seen anything like it. So I got mm. my phone out and started videoing it and standing in different um, areas and taking pictures. So that's actually about 30 feet away from me right now. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Really beautiful. The colors and all definitely. Yeah. So where would you like to send people to find the book? Oh, so they can find me at trustthedivine.com. And if they do buy the book, Divine Trust, they can go to divinetrustbook.com and they can get four different free free downloads with it. Meditations from me, a meditation from Dr. Sue Mortar on healing and a workbook from Marcy Shymoth, Happy for No Reason. And then just um, a short explanation where I'm actually out in my um, horse pasture doing an explanation of what divine trust is really short and a short meditation, like of 12 minutes. Nice. So yeah, they get that all for free. Yeah. I'll put that link in there. That's excellent. Yeah. So the book is now out and published. Yes. Yeah. What kind of reviews are you getting? Um, I, I think I got all five-star reviews. Nice. Oh, maybe there was one that didn't leave a comment, but that wasn't five-star, but everyone else is five-star and it nice. just makes me feel so good. <laughs> yeah. What is your mission with the book? 
Okay. It's to ignite a massive shift in human consciousness. Yay. Mm -hmm. I'm right there with you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. So as we go to close the show, I like to come back and ask the question. And I do feel we've kind of touched on it, but just leave our listeners with nice uplifting message. How do you feel that this work that you're doing with the idea of divine trust can help to empower the spirit? So it, it, if you embody it and you actually do practice and trust in this source, you will get the sense that everything's okay. You're okay. You're, you're more than okay. You just get fed and nourished with such an exquisite beauty that it just changes your life forever. Changes your life forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The beauty, the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Embodying the practice for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank you. for joining us today and talking about your book and the way in which you have transformed your life and those around you as well. Thank you so much to your spirit. Thank you and your, to your listeners. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day. You too. Yes, big things happen to big souls. It is a time of massive shifts in human consciousness. It is important to go through the pain, the suffering, the hurt, to sit in it, to grieve, but also understand that there is a way to reach from divine trust to help you understand in a bigger way and a deeper purpose for your soul. When you embody the practice of spirituality, not just read about it, but practice the tools, meditation, breathing, Reiki, the trust does shine down. You will get a sense that everything is okay. You will feel fed and nourished, and it can change your life forever as it has done mine and Nancy's. Get the book Divine Trust and all the great resources that come with it. And if you're in need of help learning how to embody the practice, schedule a complimentary monetize your energy call with me. And let's talk about the ways in which you can add these amazing practices into your life. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman to your spirit. Namaste. The Reiki Association of the Southeast has joined forces with the OHA Bodywork and Wellness Center here in Birmingham. Our next Reiki One certification is coming up on November 13th, Reiki for Parents, a Reiki class dedicated to helping parents manage their energy and the energy of their families. Links are in the show notes to register.